listener. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and I host this Brief Guide to Sydney. Today, we're chatting to Sydney Dance Company's Artistic Director, Raphael Bonicella, about their latest show, Somos. It's the first time in Bonicella's career that he's looked to his Spanish roots for inspiration. And as part of the performances, there'll be a pop-up tapas bar for pre- and post-show entertainment. Before that, we're talking about Sydney's no-bullshit sandwich makers, Costa's Takeaway. It feels like it was only a few months ago that we had Broadsheet Directory Editor Dan Cunningham in the hot seat to tell us about a second venue for Costa's, the hole in the wall where you can get a stacked deli sanger and a fresh watermelon juice. So adding to its locations in Rockdale and Circular Quay, Costa's now has a cafe in Rosebury. I was there at the weekend. I had this giant chicken schnitzel that was, I think, could shield my entire face from the sun. So they've got a slightly new menu at this new place. Before that, tell me, what does it look like? I went, it's larger than the previous places, but how how would you describe it? The thing that really stood out to me when I spoke to Benji, one of the owners, is that um, there's no hole in this one, <laughs> which I really liked. Um, yeah, if you've been to Rockdale or if you've been to the Circular Key uh, shop, they're, they're like canteen windows, like they're so low key. And um, but they absolutely, you know, this one you can hum. step inside and walk directly up to the counter. Yeah, that's right. So you can actually sit in there, and you can sit outside as well. Uh, which is cool. So, and the, the team is is pretty stoked about that because this is going to be a HQ for the whole group. So there's like the three shops now, which is um, you know that's a lot. And and as we said before, I mean, it was only six months ago that they were kind of opening the second one. Yeah. So this is HQ now. There's a prep kitchen there that's going to service all the shops. Very exciting. The menu is. A teeny bit different, is that right? I guess the addition of the third shop means that they've got more space than ever before to kind of, I don't know, stretch out and do some, you know, fun new things. And they're going to be baking a little bit for the first time. So the idea behind that sort of side is that it's going to be riffing on sort of the classic Vietnamese train station bakery stuff that we kind of all know. Like I did ask if there was going to be like a meringue you know those meringues? Remember those things? I hate those things. But love like the custard tart, which you can get here. You can get the custard tart in the in the tin foil. You can get an apple crumble, kind of these Greek donuts because Benji, he's, you know, kind of got a Greek background and, you know, Costas, obviously, you know, that's about as Greek as it gets. So they're doing these, uh, yeah, these donuts and these are all new. This is all new for the for the third shop. I feel like I really missed out because there was a long line of people. We were near the end of their service. They had pretty much sold out of everything. So I was just lucky to be served at all by the time I got to the Rosebury shop. But they've got this awesome location where you can sprawl out onto the streets and it feels really comfortable to sit there and kind of dine on what you've ordered. What do you think makes Costa's such a great place for us to kind of travel and seek out if you're not already in the area? It's an interesting thing, right? Because I mean, a, a sandwich is a is a sandwich. Right? Like I had one for lunch just from the kind of, you know, the, the no frills place around the corner from the office. Yeah, I still waited sort of half an hour for, for a decent sandwich and it was still like 15 bucks. And, and I guess the thing is, it's almost like coffee, right? So you can get a coffee anywhere. And it's always going to be 
the same price or roughly, depending on where you go, it's going to be sort of around the $5 mark these days. But, you know, the quality varies so much. And if you're going to be paying the same amount, you may as well kind of seek out the best version of that, which I think is, you know, a lot of, a lot of the uh, sort of idea behind Broadsheet is to, is to kind of find these places kind of doing it better. And um, Costas is definitely like a great example of that because they're actually kind of applying fine dining sensibilities to what they do, which is kind of similar to like Hector's in Melbourne, for example, bringing this kind of fine dining, you know, approach to the simple sandwich. And um, there's a good reason for that, which is who's in the kitchen. It's a really talented bunch of people. Where have they worked before that we would recognize? They've assembled yeah, this this gun team of um of some of, you know, some 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 serious chefing pedigree. So you've got um this kind of an overall creative direction from one of the chefs at Esther, and then you've got former um Lily Moo pastry chef, you've got a former Hello Auntie head chef. And um and yeah, so there's a there's a lot of fine dining background in what they do. So I guess that is like a really good reason to to visit is that you're just going to kind of get these, you know, whopping sandwiches that are like actually have some, you know, some, some skill involved and that's not to take anything away from sort of other sandwich shops around. But I mean, if you, I, I believe you can taste the difference and, um, you know, it's a great reason to go and check them out. Well, Costa's third location is now open at 38 Dunning Avenue in Rosebury. Well, this will sound like I'm gushing. But I would say that anyone who's kind of leapt out of their seats at the end of a Sydney Dance Company performance to give you a foot stomping round of applause, because I've been in those rooms and that's what it feels like, knows the dedication and passion that you, Raphael Bonicella, bring to Sydney Dance Company. You are the artistic director, of course. You're the driving force behind the perfection that we see on the stage. And we see it on the stage every single performance. There's never a slip up. And that can be for your own choreographed performances, but it can be for ones you've commissioned or the company has commissioned. And every single time I'm just blown away. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. My absolute pleasure. And what a beautiful (laughs) introduction. (laughs) I told you it might be gushing. Up Close Somos, or Somos as part of Up Close a series. This is your most personal performance or your most personal work that the dancers will perform. And that's because you're returning to your roots. You're, you're returning to what it means to be Spanish, what it means to have grown up in Catalan and to have that sort of memory and and your relationship to things like flamenco dancing and and what your father liked as music and then what music you were drawn to as a child. So can you tell us a little bit about the aspects of your personal life and what you're bringing as inspiration to this series? Look, it's an interesting journey. Latin music or Hispanic music has always been in my life, of course. I was born in Barcelona. My parents were both from the south of Spain, immigrated to the north. And my father in the car would always play flamenco music, which I absolutely, at the time, did not want to listen to, (laughs) you know, because at that time I wanted to listen to Michael Jackson and Madonna and Kylie Minogue, whatever it was that was pop and not from Spain, you know? And it's interesting because, you know, it's your own culture, but it was almost like forced on me Mm. because I was that child that loved singing and loved dancing and, you know, everything that was performing arts. My father was like, ah, you love dancing, then you're going to dance flamenco. 
you love uh, music. Oh, you're going to play the Spanish guitar. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to dance jazz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I did do the guitar and the flamenco guitar and everything. So it was that thing about managing, especially what your parents ask you to do is what you don't want to do. So there's also that battle. And then there was the whole thing about being born in Barcelona, Catalonia, which has a very strong identity, being the first generation to be allowed to speak Catalan freely and learning in school, but at the same time with parents from the South. It's interesting. You had to actually, um, you know, integrate, hmm. you know, and part of that was actually letting go of anything that came from the South. I think about it now and it's so sad hmm. that that's what you had to do, but you almost had to, to be able to be accepted in Catalonia, let's say. And then when I was 17 or 18 years old and I got my first job as a dancer, fast forward a few years later with a contemporary dance company and I was in Rome in a festival of dance. We were performing and the night before there was Cristina Hoyos, who is a flamenco dancer, and we were invited. And that was the first sort of proper flamenco dancer with the singers and the guitar and the boxes and everything around it that I saw, not in Spain, under the moon and the stars. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like I secretly loved it for the first time because my father was making me listen to it for eight hours in a car. So that was the beginning of my journey of then leaving Spain. I moved to London where I spent 20 years. You were at the Rambert Dance Company. At Rambert Dance Company. One of the movies, Pedro Almodóvar, the filmmaker, mm -hmm. um, he used a lot of Latin music in his movies and he, in Women on a Verge of a Neighbor's mm -hmm. Breakdown. One of my favorite films of all time. There you go. That film was like 89, the year before I left Spain. So I'm like a young human being that wants to become a dancer, has a dream to become a dancer. I don't know if I will ever make it or not. Um, a queer person that doesn't even really know what that is or means and watches an Almodovar movie, which is so like, like it opens your eyes. So colourful, so embracing of culture, of a modern Spain. Modern Spain. Madrid in particular. The beginning of modern Spain, La Movida, like all of those people. But I was too young to sort of be part of that. But I, would got, a, I got a glimpse of it through the movies. And one of the things that he did really well was using the Latin music. So Chabela Vargas, who is like a Mexican songstress, who you know, was only able to be open about being a lesbian in her 80s, you know, but she defied everything that was expected of her because she always wore a poncho and trousers. Yeah, yeah. If you see pictures of her, she's amazing. She's got this voice that's like so profound. So I got to know about Chabela Vargas through Almodóvar and many other singers. This music has been with me through all of my life. Mm -hmm. And there's been a couple of moments where I've used one song, mm -hmm. like a moment. But this work, this full-length work, which is what will be premiering here in Sydney, um, with 12 songs that I absolutely love, all by female singers, artists. And I did not make a conscious, conscious choice of all of them being female. It just sort of got, I got drawn to it somehow. I don't know why the voice, something just, made sense. So yes, and I, I'm diving deep into all of the songs that I have loved. Some of them are maybe more recent from Rosalia, uh, who has become the latest, you know, huge Spanish star. Mm -hmm. um, and it's mixing more flamenco with hip hop. Yes. And all of that. So it's, it's not it's not all Spanish music in a way that you might think of being traditional. You would 
think of it as being a representation of what Spain is to you. Absolutely. And also for me, it was important that there was an edge to it because, you know, if you think about flamenco and Spanish music, fiesta, and I kept saying it cannot be too much fiesta, but a little bit of fiesta, <laughs> you know, we, how can I like twist it in here? So it go, yeah. becomes a bit more rock and roll. You don't want to be t- like stereotypical. Basically. Absolutely that. Because in a way, you know, there is so much richness to mm. that Latin, Hispanic, Spanish, flamenco, and all of the influences and allowing to be of the moment because I'm interpreting it. Like I'm fully, I don't know if it's a sacrilege what I'm doing with it, but I'm doing it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that makes it more intriguing somehow that you might be potentially playing with something that feels like you should have reverence for it. Like I'm, I'm more intrigued by this. You're really embracing the Spanish culture as part of this particular work because somos, we should mention what it means, somos. It means we are. We are in Spanish. There is going to be an element of food and drink involved as well at the Sydney Dance Company Cafe, which this is being performed at the Walsh Bay Studios, where you have your studios. Yes. And then the cafe is going to be a tapas bar. Absolutely. Look, when we were thinking about this very intimate, very special new way of experiencing dance, where only 150 people will be sitting around in the round, with the dancers in the middle, mm-hmm. in the Nielsen studio, which is a space that the Sydney Dance Company, the ensemble, we haven't used yet. So it's a first for a lot of things. It's a first for me to use all Latin music, Hispanic, Spanish music. It's a first for us to perform in our own theatre, the Nielsen studio, a black box, a very intimate but a very important space for us. It's a first for the, our audiences, our very loyal dance-loving audiences that love to see the Sydney Dance Company to actually get as close as you can get to the dancers. You know, we will often have rehearsal moments or sneak peeks, and people always comment on how wonderful it is to be so close, to not have that distance that usually the bigger mm. theatres have. Mm. And I feel like it's 15 years on since I have been here, and it's always nice to give things a bit of a twist. And this felt like the right moment. Also, something about community, after having been forced to not connect in the last couple of years, although although we've all well moved you know, on from it, and mm-hmm. we should, there is something about gathering and coming together and sharing um, a moment. And we have that beautiful cafe with that beautiful view. Let's make it alive. Let's, and is that what yeah. the up-close part of this particular title is all about? Is it about having that intimacy and being as close to the dancers as possible? Absolutely. We wanted to give the series uh, a framework and if it works, be something that we could continue to do in the future. Mm -hmm. It could be an up close with another choreographer or with another guest, but you know that you're going to be experiencing the dancers and their work in a very different way. For anyone who's never been to see a performance by Sydney Dance Company, that might feel like it's a little bit esoteric. It might feel like it's perhaps something that they're not into. I would like to remind people of Kylie's video for Love at First Sight. And why is that, Raph? Why have I mentioned that one? (laughs) Well, I'm in it. I don't know if you knew I was in it. I know you're in it. I know you're in it. (laughs) Well, I'm only in it because Kylie was like, you've got to be in it. You've got to be in it. Because I was choreographing it. But then it's like, you have to come in at least for one section and I agreed and I get the steps wrong. (laughs) 
and you believe it. I you, already you knew that eyes, little piece of information. If you close your eyes, you don't, you, if you blink, you miss it. I'm like, I cannot believe it. They chose that take out of the, you know. I, I'm not a dancer. I, I really can't tell. I have a picture of Kylie putting the makeup on me and everything because, but, you know, I, so I was making a cameo, you know, and I got my own steps wrong, <laughs> you know. But that's, that's the, the wonderful thing about contemporary dance. And there are also moves that we can also replicate somehow and then maybe not feel so stupid if we mess up as well. So I love, I love that element about you, that you were listening to Kylie as a child in Spain and just maybe putting together dances because you were having fun. Absolutely. And then at some point you become her choreographer and now you're also thinking about your roots, your history and putting all that on stage in Sydney in a way that you are being a bit vulnerable, perhaps, and sharing that story. So why have you avoided using your history in your work before? It had to feel right. I don't know. It's a hard thing to explain in the sense that because I am born in Spain, but I left when I was 18 and I have, you know, done 35 years of my life, you know, not living in Spain and just from the distance admiring you know, filmmakers and singers and artists from my own country. And is that thing about, I always knew that this piece was going to happen. I just didn't know when. And somehow the stars have aligned. You know, I have been in Australia now for 15 years, working with an incredible group of artists. That's such a privilege for any choreographer to have an ensemble that you can be open, where you can be vulnerable, when you can ask questions and in a way, they know me really, really well now with some of the dancers I've been working for 12 years. You know, there is a beautiful uh, solo in the work um, that Jesse is performing. Jesse has been with us for 12 years, I think. Uh, it's a song by uh, Silvia Perez Cruz. It's a song that is called Loca. Loca. Loca means crazy. Um, and... But it's sort of a metaphor in a way, not so much about craziness, but uh, about her lips and her tongue becoming crazy and, and so on. Very beautiful writing. And with Jesse and this song, it was interesting how I thought about them, Jesse, performing this solo and no one else but them could do it. And I actually looked back into our time in 12 years and I found little snippets of videos of Jesse dancing. Um, and I ask Jesse to relearn all this movement and then we worked on it together and it's like six minutes almost an ode mm. to a dancer that, that I have worked so well with and admired and built so much with so it's it's even personal in that sense of who I was going to do that song with mm -hmm. you know there is another duet between two men Riley and Dean are performing it and that what they're bringing into it, the emotion that they're bringing, the openness, the softness, the gentleness. And I guess it's like I got to a point where I got to know the performance really well. I'm able to share what I know and what I don't know. And with the bits that I don't know, they will help me to get there. And that's something really special that doesn't just happen. I'm so excited for this work already. <laughs> so Somos runs from November the 1st to the 18th and you can find tickets at sydneydancecompany.com. They start from $35 to about 85 Thanks so much, Raf. It's been an absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all we have time for today. 
Of course, you can stay up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A listener production.